Welcome to the podcast for people turning the great American RV adventure into stressless camping. We're glad you joined our weekly adventure. Now let's gather around the campfire with our hosts, Peggy and Tony Barthel. Welcome, 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 welcome. one and all. It is a pleasure to have you back here with us at the campfire. My name is Tony. My name is Peggy. And uh, we have some great stuff for you today. We talked to Paul and Caroline Lassitanola from Vintage Camper Trailers Magazine. And uh, it's pretty cool. If you are into vintage or just kind of a dreamer or whatever it is, uh, you're going to want to stick around for this. But first... Yeah, it's our it's our did you read it section. Oh my god. <laughs> so <laughs> So there's this bear. And you know, bears love people food because sure, people love people food. This particular bear <laughs> breaks into a campsite. Well, he doesn't break in. I mean, it's, you know, we're camping where you live. He had a or, key. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and he busts open a cooler cuz you know, that's what bears do. Right. <laughs> Are you going to make it through this story? I don't know. It's so great. <laughs> anyway, so he busts open a cooler and there's beer. Mm, beer, mm. right? So he pops open the first beer, which happens to be a bush beer. Well, he... He drank it. Yeah. I guess. Then he found some Rainier beer, like a more of a craft beer beer. Pop one of those open. Well, that sucker drank <laughs> all 36 of those Rainiers. He liked that craft brew. He was leaving the bush <laughs> behind. And, and then he goes and passes out because, you know, three dozen 36 beers. 36 <laughs> beers is a lot for any bear. Man. <laughs> I, I did see it and thought it was a picture of you. I, you uh, know, beer all over I the place. I drink 36 beers. <laughs> Well, I didn't count the cans. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so the rangers try to chase him. Just climbs a tree and sleeps it off. Well, the next day, <laughs> here he comes again. <laughs> and uh, so they actually trapped him and, and took him away. And you know what they put in the trap? Rainier beer. Of course. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> I love this story <laughs> It's just like the the picky beer bear. <laughs> so anyway, there's there's something fun. We obviously will put a link to that in the show notes. And uh, without any further ado, let's uh, let's hear from Paul and Caroline. Let's do that. All right. Welcome to the campfire. We have the distinct pleasure of speaking with Paul and Caroline Lassitanola from Vintage Camper Trailers Magazine. Welcome. Welcome. Hello. It's a pleasure to have you. We are Vintage Camper Trailers is a website. They do uh, rallies and gatherings and they do a beautiful print magazine. So if, uh, if you have any interest at all, whether you're a dreamer or you're an owner or any of that, you should definitely look them up. There'll be links in our show notes, but uh, we wanted to get them on and talk about, surprisingly, vintage campers and trailers. <laughs> do you do restorations yourselves? We do. We do them more as the hobby part. That's how we got involved in all this craziness a dozen years ago. And so we try to keep the 
the the building part just as, as our part of the hobby that we enjoy for ourselves. But the last couple of years, we've gotten involved in these big builds where we've done sponsorships and media tours with some vendors and created some really incredible trailers. A couple of years ago, we built a 1955 Spartan Manor. And this last year, we stumbled on a one-of-a-kind 1961 Airstream. And we worked with some sponsors and did some major builds from the ground up and then took these trailers on tour. Uh, the, the 55 Spartan was on tour all year at events. And then the Airstream went on a cross-country tour for six weeks out to the Airstream factory in Jackson Center, Ohio. And no sooner did we get home than a collector contacted us and purchased the trailer. And I turned around and took it clear back to Arkansas. <laughs> so we've been across the country twice in that trailer in the last eight weeks. And wow. it's now in a private collection out in Arkansas. So, um, yes, we build trailers, not so much for a business. We're not a shop where you can bring us your trailer and we work on it at this point. But uh, we do spend a lot of time right now. We're doing a 51 glider um, trailer that we're working on at the moment. So. Wow. Wow. So the short answer is yes, we built trailers. <laughs> That's awesome. And is your philosophy more restore them as they were or modify them or somewhere in the middle? Or I really like to find decent trailers and restore them. My personal trailer is a 1948 Vagabond. It's, it's not perfect because we do leave a little of that patina, so it still kind of has that old feel to it. You know, got a little bit of patina, a little bit of stains here and there, but it's fully restored, fully functional. So I, I would say that we're more restorers than rebuilders, but we do like to have things nice and functional, and so we do get pretty deep into them a lot of times. But uh, I like things more original. We, we more like to put things back the way they were. That's lovely sounding. Yeah. And and uh, you had mentioned previously the Spartan Manoret. Those things are, are they're yeah, incredible. So cool. Yeah. They, they have, they're silver or, you know, bare metal on the outside, kind of like an Airstream, but they were just big. And most of them, I think, were designed to be semi-permanent, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, our manor is um, a 55, so it's the larger, boxier one, which makes for a lot of headroom, but you've still got those big manor front windows. Uh, it's a nice trailer. It's 28 feet, and we did end up doing a whole new interior on it, so it's pretty new from the ground up, and it's equipped with holding tanks and everything to make it real modern. It's got hidden flat-screen TVs in it and stuff, nice. but if you... If you walk into the trailer, you feel like, is this just a really well-preserved original trailer, or was this rebuilt? And we did rebuild most of it, but we used all of the original cabinetry, and uh, it's even got the original bathtub in it. It's actually got a three-quarter-size wow. bathtub with a shower. <laughs> That's awesome. I love so it. It's really cool. And I did it all in pink laminate, so the entire bathroom is uh -oh. 1950s. <laughs> salmon colored oh, and uh one of my, one of my favorite parts of it that's um, one of our favorite colors uh, yeah too. <laughs> we have our house mm -hmm. the kitchen is all vintage 50s and we have the classic pink fridge and pink stove and all that it's our what is it called desert rose i think is Rust, yeah. dusty yeah. rose dusty or rose or something i don't remember dusty rose yeah yeah so we we dig that um 
And uh, how did you get into vintage trailers? Oh, my word. We're going way back now. Um, we tell this story a lot and, and, and in our books and stuff. And, and um, we really just really stumbled on it. I was always an old car guy. I always had vintage classic cars. And when we had kids, uh, we thought, oh, gosh, now what do we do? We've got these two kids. Now what do we do with them? And we thought, well, let's try camping. And so literally on the way home one day, a neighbor had a little old trailer for sale. And I brought it home and told Caroline, look at this. We've got this little old trailer so we can go camping. And didn't think anything of it other than we're just cheap and, and, and it was cheap and we figured, well, we'll give it a try. And, and so our first trip almost talked us out of it. We called a campground and drove about an hour from home to a campground that was essentially a gravel driveway practically in town. And we live out in the country. So for us, it was like we drove in town to go camping and we thought, well, if this is what camping is, no thanks. And uh, long story short, we thought, well, that old trailer would look cool behind an old car. And so once we did that and, and people stopped us and talked to us about it all the time, I wrote an article for a local hot rod magazine. And some guys called me and said, hey, we're doing some vintage trailers. You ought to come and see what we're doing. And actually, that guy that called me a dozen years ago is here helping me work on this 51 glider still to this day and wow. we've become real good friends and and likewise with a lot of the other people that we've met in the community um but yeah we just kind of stumbled into it and uh ultimately decided well we'll create a little newsletter to tell people about the rallies and we started a little newsprint publication and did that for a couple of years and we came out with a special glossy edition and it was so well received that we never went back to that newsprint publication. The 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 little newsprint thing turned into the magazine that it is today, and um, we've continued to grow that for seven or eight years now. That's yeah. terrific. That and that's not a lot different than my story in some ways. <laughs> I uh, some ways. Had, just uh, accidentally. Yeah, I love yeah. vintage Got cars. It accidentally. Yeah, and and in addition to stressless camping, I also published the curbside car show calendar and it's a car show calendar ah. and and we also do a podcast about classic cars. So there you go. We both uh, So I think, really yeah. that mid 50s car and trailer is kind of my dream right yeah. there. <laughs> That's kind yeah. of the Well, and I think I think that, you know, people like us really, it's not just the cars and the trailers. We collect the bikes. We have motorcycles. We wow. have, you know, everything from the period. I think it's just kind of that old soul attitude that has that vintage lifestyle. And, you know, that's that's why the cars and the trailers and the furniture and the your guys' living room or kitchen and, you know, all of those things because it is more of a, lifestyle for yeah. those of us that appreciate the mid-century that and I like kind of the, era the quality you know now so much stuff is just you use it once and throw it away and i like the fact that for example we have a an old vent fan above the stove in the kitchen now we, we also obviously rv but we have a sticks and bricks as well and in that sticks and bricks i actually worked with an electrician to rebuild it you can take these things apart and fix them and you're not filling landfills so. and it works better than mm -hmm. the new fan that we got and put in <laughs> yeah. and so is that true of rvs too are they are the the vintage ones like just 
built better, better quality, better better parts, pieces? Well, I think in general, the materials that they used were so much more better. You know, the real woods and, and, and you know, that's my real appeal to the vintage trailers, even more so than than like an Airstream or something that's got a uh, all metal interior is the canned hams and, and a lot of the other brands have that all birchwood interior. And so you've got finishes that were, you know, varnishes and, and instead of a lot of the modern trailers have that press board type yeah. material with yeah. uh, uh, wallpaper type stuff over it. And, and so, yeah, I just think the materials they were using back then were much more durable and, I don't think at the time they ever intended these trailers to last for 70 some odd years. (laughs) And it's amazing that some of them are even still here at all. And we still find trailers in barns and things that are just unbelievable preserved time capsules that um, are still functioning. And so, yeah, I just think the materials used back in the day were, were better than a lot of, what they assemble the coaches with today. And and that goes back to if you actually take care of a travel trailer, whether you just bought a brand new one off the lot or you went back in time to the 50s or 60s and picked one up, if you just do simple maintenance and, and a little bit of care, the things will last a very long time. Camping is all about great experiences, and that's why we love Harvest Hosts. Harvest Host is the gateway to beautiful overnighting experiences. And with Harvest Host, you can boondock at wineries, breweries, cultural destinations, golf courses, so much more. It's a great alternative to traditional campgrounds. Yeah, a lot of those really great pictures you've seen online, like Instagram and such, have been taken at Harvest Host destinations, and you can experience those yourself. You can, and we've got a good deal on Harvest Host memberships on our partners page at StresslessCamping.com. Enjoy your next stressless camping getaway at a beautiful destination and save money in the process winner winner everyone's a winner yeah hey chicken dinner (laughs) we do a uh, event called boot camp and people come from all over the u.s and we teach them how to restore trailers us and a lot of builders that we have as instructors not not me by any means but the instructors that we have that are professional builders and one of the things that we try to tell people is, you know, these things were assembled quickly 70 years ago and they've lasted this long. Whatever you do to them, it's probably going to be better than however they were built originally. And they're probably going to outlive you at this point. So wow. building them back even better than they were is, is not that difficult. Yeah. And, and speaking of the boot camps, you have a number of great rallies, events in the boot camp. Apparently, the rallies are a whole lot of fun, and, and Peggy and I absolutely need to get in on that. Yeah, the rallies have become a uh, huge part of what we do. Boot camp is real different. It's it's instructional, and it's several days of seminars and, and just being together and talking about building trailers, and we have vendors come in and teachers come in, and it's really phenomenal. Um, and it's the only thing that I know that's going on like that anywhere. We do that in March in Hollister, California. But our other events, uh, Trailer Fest Rally, uh, TrailerFestRally.com is our more of our party event. And so uh, when we started going to rallies, we went to several year after year, and they just kind of seemed the, seemed the same to us every year. It didn't seem like, you know, like get together, same people, same event, oh, root beer float, whatever it is. 
So with Trailer Fest Rally, what we do is we come up with an entirely different theme every year. Yeah. And we we do three of those a year. And so we're doing wow. uh, the first couple next year are going to be Cajun and oh, yeah. <laughs> um, a Western theme. And so we'll have Cajun music. We'll have Cajun food. Um, coming up in a few weeks, we're doing our uh, 1980s. And so we've got karaoke contests. And, oh, gosh. And, um, <laughs> everybody will be in 1980s. It's a... Uh, uh, White wedding and '80s love story is the theme. So we're doing a mock wedding renewal thing with Elvis. We've got an oh Elvis impersonator gosh. to come do the wedding vows, and then we've got an '80s cover band doing music and uh, tiered cakes and photographers and the whole thing. So I feel like it's about time we do our renewal. These rallies sound like an absolute blast. But then there's the one where you can learn something too. I, I love it. One of the things I've noticed, there are RV parks where they say no RVs older than 10 years old. How do you combat that thinking? So typically, um, what that is is for residential um, uh, re- residential stays. I, I have still, and I've heard that before, but I have absolutely never so much as encountered any bit of that. And we... we RV probably upwards 50% of the time. I mean, we're, we're gone a whole lot and I've just never encountered that. So I, I have heard it. If you're going to move in and live somewhere for, you know, ongoing or long stays and they do that to keep the level of the park, not becoming a used car lot of real old stuff. But I've just never encountered a camping and staying places for weekends and, and things. I, I, I've not encountered that, so I don't know. Oh, that's good news. Yeah. We have had some friends in the, the hobby that have said they've had to deal with that and how they addressed it was by taking a picture and showing them a current picture and emailing or texting a picture and saying this is what we're seeing and it's not a it's not falling apart it has been redone and they said they've never had any issue once they show a picture well, that's great. yeah because that, that's, that's the using. thing right there are so many beautiful vintage trailers and maybe it's because we're kind of immersed in and or have friends that have them and they're, they're nicer than a lot of new ones. No swooshes and swirls and all that. Just really nice paint jobs. Well, and somebody could have a, a new RV for a year and make it completely trashed, and then it's not 10 years old, oh. so it doesn't meet that rule, but it could look terrible. It's. Uh, I came out of the RV industry. I, I was working at a dealership for a couple of years, and we had a RV a guy bought for his son, and he brought it back right inside the warranty period. And this thing was, it was garbage. I mean, the the kid just had destroyed it. So yeah, there's to Peggy's point. Where are you guys located? Are you, you said Hollister, is that like your home base or is that a travel for you? No, that's, that's where we have a venue that um, is very accommodating to our boot camp, uh, mainly because it's got, well, mainly because they're so easy to work with. It's a great park at Casa sure. de Fruta, but they've got um, indoor classrooms for us. So we do that event in oh, March nice. and it's typically can be rainy or cool. Yeah. And so we've got all of the classrooms indoors, but um, we're based out of the Sacramento area. So we're up in Northern California oh, okay. near Sacramento. Right. You're, you're darn close to me. In fact, yeah. uh, 
just recently I put on the Lakeside Car Boat Bike and RV Show. Which you guys could have had an entry in every part of. Yeah, right? <laughs> and, uh, and I, don't, I don't do boats anymore. I've done the line. Okay, that's okay. No boats. But all the other three. <laughs> but Al, Al, yeah. Al Fox, who I'm sure you're very familiar with, was there. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and he says, you got to call Paul. And I'm like, how have we not crossed paths yeah. in the past? So... If somebody is looking to buy a vintage RV, what are some of the things they should be looking for and some of the realities that they may not be aware of if they're not immersed in this? Hey, I see you're packing for our next road trip. Oh, yeah. These are all the ingredients for making different grilled cheese sandwiches with our grub stick. Great. But uh, where are the clothes? I got all kinds of inspiration for making grilled cheese sandwiches with our grub sticks over the campfire. There are 11 kinds of cheese and bacon, bacon jam, ham, five kinds of bread. Wait, okay. That's all for making grilled cheese sandwiches? Yeah. I know the grub stick is the perfect campfire accessory made of quality parts that work together for sandwiches, hot dogs, s'mores, woofums, and all sorts of other great meals. But isn't this a bit too much variety? Camping is supposed to be simple. Oh, it's simple to use your grub stick over the campfire or even on the barbecue to make great meals. And even kids can use them safely and easily. Plus, with the coupon code HAPPYCAMPERS, you get 15% off your grub sticks. It's the best deal around. Yeah, but it's going to take us weeks to eat that many grilled cheese sandwiches. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Weeks of grilled cheese. You say that like it's a bad thing. And you haven't even seen what I packed for breakfasts and dinners. We are going to be camping for months. My husband is insane. But Grubstick is the perfect cooking accessory for any campfire. And you can get 15% off using the coupon code HAPPYCAMPERS from our partners page at StresslessCamping.com. Well, the number one thing I tell people is to come to a rally open house. And most rallies and our rallies on Saturday have an open house where the public can come in and tour the trailers and talk to Al Fox and <laughs> and, and us and, and and some of the other trailerites and get a feel for what it is they want. You know, walk into some trailers. What they'll find is that every single one is different. And they're going to find these have more headroom. I like the bed that's always folded down. I've got to have a bathroom or I don't care about a bathroom. Whatever the case is, uh, they're going to see a, a bunch of different trailers. Our events have 250 trailers at them. Wow. And so you can't even see them all in the four-hour open house. I mean, you would have to hustle. And so, you know, it's like walking a car lot. You get to go see a lot of, of of different models and shapes and how the headroom is and how tall the door is and because they're different. They were doing what they wanted back in the fifties. Right. And 60s. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of standards and things. So so they're all different. And and then I tell people that's that's number one. Number two is buy a dang trailer and start <laughs> in the hobby. I've had I've had people come to events for ten years. Hey Paul, how you doing? We're still looking. <laughs> and I'm thinking, give it up, you know. I mean, you need to get a trailer. You need to get involved. You're going to find a better trailer if you're involved in the community. A lot of the trailers that I sell never go even onto my own classified. We have a classified section. But usually I know somebody that's looking or somebody that I talk to at a rally, and I just happen to have what they want. So, you know, go look, walk through a bunch of them, but then buy something and get started in the hobby. If you find something better later, 
sell the one trade that you it bought, out. Sure. And, and that gives you, and, and that way the next one. you can be at yeah, the rally I mean, and you can spend more than four hours looking at the next one. <laughs> exactly. So go out and take a look first, get a feel kind of for what you want, but then buy something and get started in the hobby. Don't kick tires for years. You're, you're not getting any younger. And, and, and lastly, the, the third bit of advice I always give is buy the best trailer you can afford. Um, you know, the difference between a $3,000 trailer and a $300 trailer is about ten grand. And if you can afford <laughs> spend, to spend more, spend more. Because getting the trailer for free, you're probably getting what you're paying for. Yeah. And so spend a little more, especially if you're a novice, because at $7,500 bucks an hour to do repairs, if you can't do the repairs yourself, it's going to cost you a fortune. And we've recognized that three hundred dollar trailer, a three thousand dollar trailer. Yeah, we recognize that in ourselves. We kicked around the idea of of vintage trailers before, and we have a couple friends who are in the middle of projects. And oh, we could no, no, we can't. We don't have the time. (laughs) We don't have the skill. We don't know what we're doing. No, we need someone else to do it for us. Every project I start, so yeah, every every yeah, and especially if you don't have the skills. If you've got the skills, that's one thing. Or or come to boot camp and learn what you can and can't do. But if you truly don't have the skills, if you just want to go have the lifestyle and come to the events and do that stuff, you just need to spend a little more. It's still an economical hobby. It's still something you can do for very little money to speak of. But but. But don't think that, and and don't wait. Oh, I'm going to find one for three hundred bucks. I'm going to keep looking until I right. find one for three hundred bucks. Those right. days are, they're still there, but they're fewer and farther between. And right. and do you find a lot of people pull vintage trailers with modern tow vehicles, or is there a lot of people going original tow vehicles or resto mods, or what what kind of things are you seeing a lot of? Well, most people, um, I would say, you know, either don't have the budget or, or like I know that, you know, at the moment I don't have a vintage vehicle that really could go long distances towing a trailer. And, and we go so much that we tow with a modern vehicle. Certainly a lot of the people, because they are into the lifestyle, do have the different toys. And so at our events, you know, probably 30% of the people are towing with a vintage vehicle. Um, which is a great deal. You know, I mean, that's a great yeah. setup if you can do it. But yeah. but most people trying to keep one more thing running or right. stored. <laughs> right. You know, so many people don't have anywhere to store extra vehicles. And so, you know, there's there's a lot of them that do, but there's more that, that still just tow with their, their regular daily driver. I like the modern tow vehicle because it gives me a sense of security just because we already have one vintage vehicle. Right. I prefer to have a modern <laughs> that I know I w- shouldn't have issues with, that it should get me from point A to point B. That totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I always envision, like, if we have a vintage vehicle and a vintage trailer, it would be for within the county. <laughs> yeah. We wouldn't go very far well, with that's it. that's kind of what we do, you know. We had a very unusual vintage camper for lack of a better description peggy and i until a couple of years ago had a 1964 corvair corvan camper neat yeah it which was is like a little van yeah yeah outfitted just like van. A, those are fantastic yeah it was outfitted just like a volkswagen van at the time 
and uh, you know of the same period and that thing was so cool and i kick myself all the time for selling it but that yeah well. we're we're venturing that way we've got a 67 dodge a108 oh. camper camper van very similar to that corvair oh yeah <laughs> oh peggy just gave me the look because i have a thing for vintage <laughs> mopar yeah. Oh, I love old Chrysler I'll, products. I'll sell it to you. <laughs> Let's talk. I that would Well, my it, it, it's the model with the 318 in it with the shifter on the dash. I mean, it's so totally cool, but oh. we just uh discovered that we've either got a blown head gasket or a blown motor, so we're probably going to do a whole short block into it and hmm. just Fix the whole it. thing at once. <laughs> yeah, let's let's or keep each other's it. phone numbers. I, I love Mopar, I love vintage campers, and I love vans. You 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 hit me on three points with that. Unfortunately, so do I. <laughs> oh, no <boy>. fighting, boys. <laughs> so, as somebody is looking at vintage trailers, for example, one of the things that they may not be aware of, modern trailers all have holding tanks. They have a black tank and a freshwater tank, and a lot of times the black tank has a flush. But that's not as much true in vintage trailers. A lot of them did not have as many amenities, which is both a plus and a minus. Yeah. Um, you know, back in the day, if you go back to post-war, um, which is really when this all started, is right after World War II, um, certainly trailers were being built prior to the war, but the big boom didn't come till the late 40s. And at that time, a lot of these trailers that we now use as camper trailers were literally being built as like a mobile home, if you will, that that people in America um, were returning from the war. Uh, maybe they didn't have a lot, and they needed to go to work what, where where the work was. And yeah. so you might own your Spartan trailer or something, and you would use it to go to Kentucky because there was a job in a factory there, and you could work there. And so you would park your trailer in a motor lodge or a trailer court, um, if you will. And a lot of those had restroom facilities. And so you'll see a trailer that's got a entry door on one side and a, another door on the back side on the other side. And that was so you could park in those parks and easily exit out your bedroom or your back door. And then the bathroom would be right there. And they were set up like that to be oh. easily accessible. So you didn't need to have hookups. Right. Um, if, if you did have hookups, if you did have a bathroom in your trailer, it was pretty much a direct drop. You you were you were in a court. You you were somewhere that you could just hook up to the septic and and go. And so most of them did not have any gray or black water holding tanks at all. Some of them have, and up into the '60s, you might have had a water holding tank in the late '50s, early '60s, and then a little hand pump on your sink that you could pump pump water out of this holding tank that was maybe under one of the benches. Um, you know, with some exceptions, that was pretty much the standard. You had some pressurized systems and, and you had some electric pump systems that pressurized the tanks for, for running water. And, and, you know, you could have had hot water that wasn't, you know, real common, but it could have, but by and large, no, they don't have holding tanks and they don't have real sophisticated, uh, self-containment type right. systems. Yeah. So that's, like I say, it's a it's a plus and a minus. There are definite ways around it. There's cartridge toilets. There's composting toilets. Mm -hmm. There's small holding. There's so many ways around that. And then 
I noticed you did in a recent issue also. A lot of those trailers did not have air conditioning, which is pretty standard nowadays. But you uh, have a whole article about how to put air conditioning in a vintage trailer and still not really alter the appearance much. Well, and it's it's funny. This is gonna people are gonna think that we rehearsed this, but we um, our build to this next year, this winter that we're gonna do um, is going to be building a vintage trailer that is fully self-contained and boondockable. And one of the things that we're gonna put in it is. Um, well, we're down to two trailers. We're very likely going to put one of the uh, under the under the counter under the bench air conditioners to keep that air conditioner off of the the roof of the trailer. But the main focus of this build this year, whichever trailer we decide to build, is going to be making it completely off grid, um, lithium batteries, holding tanks, uh, a complete modern undercarriage hidden in a vintage trailer. Great. Uh, we we just did a six week media tour with that airstream, and one of the things that we discovered was we liked having the amenities to where we could just pull into a spot off the side of the road and have lights and have water and have all those things that you could just sleep there for the night without having to check into another park and pay another fifty bucks and right. just to sleep. So if we could build a trailer that was very very self contained we could travel almost endlessly with, you know, no yeah. expense other than fuel. Right. And so that's, that's this winter's build. That's oh. what we're going to do. So you'll see articles coming up on how to make your trailer boondockable, solar power, lithium batteries, oh. uh, easy start air conditioners that will run off of small generators. Nice. Uh, we're even looking at a 12 volt air conditioning system as an option. So we'll see what we come up with. That's pretty cool. So, I would say that our, um, the thing that I speak to mostly in this hobby is the relationships. In this hobby, you will find that people get into it because they like the old trailers. They're cute. They're really attractive. But people stay in this hobby because of the friendships and because of the community that it creates. That is a real benefit because there isn't competition in the vintage trailer world we try very hard not to make it competitive it is much more family orientated and and people are there to enjoy each other's company to be corny to have fun <laughs> to let loose and and to connect and it really is um a benefit and that is the part that i love the trailers are cool but it's the people. Yes. And we joke in we joke in our family that Paul can tell you the trailer. I can tell you the people who own the trailer and my daughter can tell you the name of their dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So we ha- so we kinda have it all covered, but the people to me are really the joy of our hobby. That's funny because when I go to a party at a friend's house or wherever, <laughs> I can always tell you who's going to be inside by what's parked outside. Yeah. He can't remember what their names are. He has to ask me, but yeah. <laughs> but he knows who what they drove. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we got it all covered. It just yeah. takes three people. Just takes, to do yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. takes a team. Yeah, it takes a village. <laughs> it takes and a we village. Are, we are those village people. <laughs> 
Exactly. And my and my son does the pancakes. Oh, cool. There's a quiet one in the background that does the pancakes. <laughs> there we go. I really look forward to meeting you in person. Yeah, it's and, really uh, awesome to have you here talking to us. We sincerely appreciate getting to know you here yeah, on the podcast sure. and the great tips. We are going to obviously have links on our show notes to your website and to the rallies and all of that. So thank you very much, both of you, for your time today. Our pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Finally getting that yard work done. No, I've tied all these balloons to a lawn chair, and I'm going to float around and tell everybody to put their car shows on the curbside car show calendar and catch up on the world of classic cars with a curbside classic car podcast. Well, you don't have to go anywhere. They can do it right from any smartphone or computer. Besides... Are you trying to win a Darwin Award? Up, up, and away. Oh, no. I dropped the BB gun. I'll get the rifle. Gosh, I hope I don't miss. Hey, hey, hey. the neighbors are skinny to me. Oh, my husband is insane. But curbside.tv is a great place to get the word out about your car shows and enjoy a fun podcast about vintage cars. And it's always free. We hope you enjoyed this week's adventure. We really appreciate your downloading the podcast, subscribing on iTunes or your favorite pod capture program. We also really appreciate and value your reviews. So thank you to those of you who will leave a review for us. Hopefully you tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell people at the campground if you're around the campfire, if you enjoy this podcast. Tell some guy at the grocery store. Yeah, why not? So thank you for joining us again, and we will see you next week in the campground. Happy camping! We hope you enjoyed this week's adventure. Time to get out on your own journey, but don't forget to leave a review on your favorite podcast app and visit StresslessCamping.com for photos, stories, an RV calendar, and more. I'm Stressless Camper Larry Richardson wishing you happy camping! <laughs>